like that. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Above Par Golf Show. Today's guest is Colin McCarthy, PGA golf coach. Colin, how you doing, buddy? Good, how are you, man? Very good. Thanks for joining me. I gave you a bit of a short bio there. Obviously, you're, you're a PGA golf coach, but you also do a ton of other different stuff in, in golf. So for those people that don't follow you right now, that should be, uh, tell everybody what it is you do, your background in golf, and yeah, what you're doing at the moment. Um, how long you got? <laughs> uh, so... Uh, as you can see, I'm in my office for those that can see. Um, I travel coach a lot. I do virtuals as well. Um, I just got off of one earlier and working on hand path. So there's a lot of things, there's a lot of variables that come into the golf swing. And I could always strike the ball well, better than most. And then I started having injuries and it became a little more difficult. But I always figured a way around it. And I was like, how can I do it? better than most so i started you know studying anatomy became a personal trainer not for a benefit of coaching but just a benefit of you know general health and sure. just making money and becoming a trainer um and then uh, I, I i still wondered i still wondered like okay so biomechanically i can get the golf swing to work a certain way that's i mean that's understandable um but then I started realizing that it's not just about the body. It's about the golf club. So I started over again mm -hmm. and I figured out why standard is standard. Every single person on this planet fits into a certain golf club. Taller people. Yes. Could fit into shorter than standard length. If they have crazy, if they have crazy long arms, but most cases they don't. So that's why you don't see a lot of tall people playing golf. Um, mm -hmm. it's not, um, I, I always say it's not physics friendly to be tall, uh, and play golf. I'm like, Oh, I see guys that are like, you know, six, eight on tour. I was like, yeah, probably because they've been doing it since they were really little, but if somewhere to pick up the game and don't know how to stay inside bend, which is like mm -hmm. that tilt at impact, um, and they don't know how to follow through, through the ball and not hit down and lose the golf club, building strength. I'm sure one shoulder is lower than the other. Um, their body just builds a strength in the area, but man, is your back screwed up sure. um, when you get over and over and over and over and over again. Like imagine doing this since you're a little kid, then you hit your growth spurt and you still do it. Well, that muscles, those, those muscles, the oblique area, the shoulder, the bicep, they all kind of get a, a certain capability. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the other side of your body's not so imagine you know trying to do that with both that's why you see a lot of tall golfers one shoulder usually is higher than the other mm -hmm. um because it builds strength and then i started researching how the club is made what it what consists of that golf club and then i started just doing general tests people saw me jumping off of chairs and a lot of people think it's me showing off, but it's not. It's me. Literally, Chris Como told me, he's like, all right, so we, we were talking in a, um, a seminar. He goes, why don't you take it to the next level? I was like, he says, you already do like tricks like that. So, you know, I was always in Facebook forums as golf instructors. I've been teaching since I was 15 anyway. Um, and I always had a passion for coaching. And then I was like talking to him. And I was like wondering 
how do I take it to the next level? Because that's what he said to me. He's like, take it to the next level. He jumped off a diving board to prove um, you need ground forces. You need to be able to move the golf club fast. You need to be able to use the ground. Um, so I started like jumping off a chair and hit the ball, do a 360 and hit the ball. Um, and I found out every single time that if the club face wasn't at least 30 degrees open, I wouldn't hit it straight. Because when you spin, right, when you're just adding rotation, right, it shuts the face faster. Sure. So I would run at the chair with my face 30 degrees open. People are like, well, how do you hit it? Well, because I'm spinning and the toe of the club is going to swing around from centrifugal force. All these little tiny things that people do matter. So I was like, okay, well, now that I figured out why standard is standard, I know my measurement. So I just stand up to the next person and be like, okay, you're a, you're a half inch from what I am. And wrist to wrist, I can figure out in front of me what they need. Mm -hmm. So then I can tell without even seeing a golf swing, I can, I'd say 98% of the time, know what their swing looks like what their ball path is, uh, their, excuse me, their, their ball flight, their hand path, everything. Without them even swinging one time, I can tell um, their tiny nuances and probably where their pain is. And it's just, it's, it's basic physics and it's basic anatomy, knowing how the body should function. Sure. And then, then after that, I started conquering the mind because I was like, why doesn't everyone do it? And I started thinking on the basis of, imagine you approach someone, you don't know this person, you're going to go up to them and poke them. Kind of weird because they don't know who you are, probably don't want you to touch them. Uh, so it's, it's the intention, what you intend either to discuss with that person, you have to have some kind of rapport. Okay. So every single time someone walks up to the golf ball, they just think oh, I'm going to sling the club. Oh, a full swing. Okay. That's a whole different subject, but full swing. All right. Everyone's full swing and using quotations for those just listening every single time, because name another sport where there is full in it. Yeah, there isn't. Not many. There is not. It's ridiculous. It's because people have bodily limitations. So they're limiting themselves to a certain mobility. And when you move your body in a certain way, you have strengths and weaknesses. When you take the club up, you think that is your full swing because that's as far as you go with your thoughts. Mm -hmm. So I get my students and anyone that I walk by and try and help to make their full swing, quote unquote, bigger by more mobility, more control. So there really isn't such a thing as a full swing. There's a mind comprehension of what you might think your maximum is but would you ever swing your maximum mm. why, why would you ever swing your maximum i'm going to swing 100 percent. so out of how many times you're going to hit a green swinging 100 percent. so why are you full swinging sure just the, the the logic isn't there so so i, I that's the kind of the area that I kind of dived into was the psyche, your, your intention, what you would plan to do with that golf club. Yeah. So you want to take it a foot back and then finish a foot. 
do you want to take it two inches back and two inches forward? That'd be the smallest of smaller chips, like just tiny. Imagine you had like a crazy downhill putt. Well, instead of putting, you could chip it, have a little more backspin and maybe dye it a little bit more sure. to the hole. But there's I mean, tiny little things that matter so much. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're obviously very kind of obsessed and interested with the whole, the science of a swing. And you mentioned there, like learning about the body. I know you're big on learning about the body. So, I mean, all this information is incredible. How do you kind of squeeze it all down into a teachable, let's say an hour lesson for a student then? For somebody maybe well, that, doesn't, that doesn't think like yourself. Well, everyone thinks differently. So I, I have to ask them a series of questions. First, I ask, um, who brought you to the game? Why did someone have you play this crazy game? I'm sorry. <laughs> so I like, I apologize first uh, because it's just nuts. Um, but it depends on, on who brought them to the game. I, I can tell a lot about the person. Um, and someone can have a lot of passion for the game. Um, just from a relative or my, I was grandfathered in literally, uh, mm -hmm. but some have their dads, um, and some have, you know, their friends and then some just like, Oh, I'm just trying it. And, and you can really tell where their passion lies mm -hmm. and you can really tell, is this person really going to practice? <laughs> is this a one-off is, is this going to be someone that's going to actually follow through and, and, and do the homework I give them? So Every single person I treat exactly the same way. And hopefully they, you know, they repeat that process back to me with practice and, and working on the things that I'm having them do and not watching uh, shot in the dark YouTube content. Cause sure. I call it shot in the dark because it's literally a shot in the dark. Cause you don't have meticulous coaching to understand your body, your limitations and the clubs in front of you. It's a shot in the dark every time. That's why mm -hmm. most people are still not getting better sure. because it's just a, it's a, oh. I mean, with learning as well, you, you obviously a lot of, you see a lot of amateur golfers make the mistake of just looking at the pros and trying to replicate exactly what the pros are doing. So when you're teaching students, sense. then are you, are you trying to get students to think on the same wavelength as, as what you do with, with everything that you're talking about or, what, what exactly are you trying to get them to, to think about them when, let's say, trying to do their golf swing? Are you trying to get them on the same wavelength as you and looking into the science of it? Let's say you've got a student that's super, super into it. They're going to do whatever you mm -hmm. tell them to do to be the best they can be. What sort of kind of mindset are you trying to get them on then? Uh, well, like I said, everyone's different. So say you have a math teacher. Great. I talked to him about, you know, math. If you have a history teacher, I talked to them about history. Every mm -hmm. lesson I give is different. Sure. Every single one. That's why it's impossible to monetize a golf swing because everyone understands things differently. That's my job to figure out from understanding, trying, at least trying and attempting to understand humans for the past 34 years I've been on this planet. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's crazy, man. Um, everyone's just trying to do what you say, like monkey see monkey do. Oh, you want a tournament. Oh, his swing must be really good. It's not the golf swing. They all have great golf swings out there. Sure. It's his decisions. It's his being prepared for every single shot. It's his confidence of being prepared for every single shot. It's not the golf swings. Then you just see, and they don't, they don't, uh, they don't replicate um, the second position. Just, just the first the person who won. Let's yeah, not sure. even remember the top 10 or the top 20. 
let's not replicate their swing. The guy that who won. And it just, that's not what golf's about. That's what humans are about. That's, that's, that's our nature. Monkey see monkey do. We've done that since we were a kid, but if we can break everything down and think logically, okay, am I the same height as him? Um, Do I have the same arm length as him? Do I have the same clubs as him? Can I move the same way? Are my limitations and my injuries the same way? I go through that entire process. So I ask them who, who brought them to the game? what their injuries are. Do they have any surgery? Do they have anything going on that I should know about? Whether it's inner ear problems. I had a guy that had tremors and an inner ear problem, both. And I was like, he, he said to me, he goes, I couldn't play any of those sports. So I tried golf. I was like, dude, <laughs> what do you think is going to happen? <laughs> Cause golf has sequence in it. It has, yeah. it, I mean, step and hit, step and throw all those movements. You really got to know what your body is. So I, I had a very serious conversation with him. I sat down with him and I said, your swing is going to be different every time until you get therapy for your inner ear issue. And mm-hmm. I, I just looked straight up. I was like, I don't want to take your money. Dude, I, you need to know. Uh, you need to know dead flat. I, I could take thousands of dollars from you or I could mm-hmm. be honest with you. And, um, and he, he appreciated that more. It was hard on him because he loved golf a lot, but he's just going to have very little consistency, especially when it comes to short game because he has tremors. So when it comes to certain individuals, it's the coach's job to figure out one, how they're thinking. And then it's the student's job. And this is where that like massive disconnect becomes, um, you know, more real. Mm -hmm. They don't ask questions. They don't say, I don't understand. It's the student's job, and I remind every single one of my students to ask questions, tell me when you don't understand something, because I can reword it a different way. That's my job. And then, on top of that, communicate with me. I have to literally reach out every week to all my students. They should be communicating with me as well. How are you playing today? Like, talk to me. You're not bothering me. You are my student. I am here. It's like you go to class every day and you don't exist. Sure. That's that, that shouldn't happen. So um, communication is, I think, the biggest flaw with anything. And, so with, and that's why people don't improve. Yeah. So with students then or new students, you're not the type of coach that will say, uh, you know, most amateur golfers make X, Y, Z mistakes. You're all about getting to know the person first of all, and who they are as a person, yep. as a golfer, and then identify them what it is that they need to, to, to get better. Absolutely. I mean, that, that should be any coach out there. Oh, crap. Sure. Well, it is. I mean, yeah, because I think it's something that probably too many people ask, don't they? They just go, well, what, what's, the, what's the most common issues that an amateur golfer makes? And, and as you rightly pointed out a couple of times, you know, every person and every golfer is, is different. It's not a case of just following a, a blueprint and, you know, just practicing that blueprint and it all kind of works out is it it's it's gosh um it's funny i I have a a percentage of how many people actually fit their golf clubs perfectly it's about like i think it's last time i looked it was like close to 20 percent. wow that's interesting so you would you say that any even like an amateur golfer maybe just starting out would you recommend they get fitted for clubs immediately or wait until they Absolutely. get to a certain level. Oh, interesting. And okay. here's the scary part. Here's the really scary part though. My man is even fitters 
they follow a template that they don't understand because they're trying to make a living. I get it. But you have to have a comprehension or else one, you're going to ruin someone's game or you're going to ruin their body. Mm -hmm. And I fall into that category. And a lot of people out there do the same thing. They fall into both categories. I've had coaches out there, well, more like instructors, who literally tell me to do something that they full-heartedly totally don't understand. So what happens is my body gets a repercussion from that. Mm -hmm. and I've put my back out three times granted I do have a genetic disposition disposition in my spine I actually found that out uh, last year Um, but at the same time if you don't understand what you're coaching through and through why are you getting another human being to do that you're gonna if you if you do that and you're not an LLC they can sue you for everything that you own. Mm-hmm. It's scary. Yeah. I've heard stories. No one's no one has tried to sue me yet because there's some crazy people out there. Um, but you got to be real careful. So careful. And yeah. it, it, you're dealing with another person's body and mind. And they use golf as a as hopefully a relaxation. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, and most people don't. They think it's just some, um, eh, how do I put this? Golf is highly addictive. Mm-hmm. And the reason it's highly addictive is because when you hit a golf ball, there is little like it on the planet, maybe referring it to baseball or a tiny um, <laughs> croquet hit. The strike and kind of similar to tennis in a way. Correct. The amount of energy that you intend to put into your golf swing, you're feeling and hearing back if you do it in a good manner. Mm-hmm. You're feeling and hearing back. That energy that you're feeling back is a drug. It is so addictive because it's pure energy that you're feeling. It's imagine if you punch something, right? Imagine if you felt that punch. That's why it's so satisfying to punch a punching bag. Mm-hmm. Like when you're just full of energy and you're, you're just going at it and you're, you're hitting that bag, you're using energy. It's sure. the same exact way, but you're hearing and feeling it back up a metal shaft or wood. If it hit wooden clubs, I really recommend it. It feels so different. The sound is different. No better feeling than a wooden shaft, a hickory shaft club. When you hit it mm-hmm. pure, you're going to want to do it over and over again because that sensation that you're getting back up the shaft is the amount of effort you're putting into it. Imagine um, cleaning, just cleaning your house. And then you walk back into your house and you take a deep breath and you're like, man, this feels so good. It's therapeutic because mm-hmm. all of the effort that you put into it, you're seeing and it just, all the clutter goes away. It's the same thing in the golf swing. All the energy that you put into it, you're feeling back. You're yeah. feeling that. That's why it's so, that's why you see so many people, hundreds of people on the driving range right in front of me. And there's whack, 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 whack. Yeah. Well, I, I heard you talking on a podcast a couple of years ago now about how it's so important to understand that you can control every single muscle in your body and that you were lucky enough to meet um, Bruce Lee. And you talked about that and the energy um, in terms of that whole famous one inch punch and all that kind of thing. So, 
you know, is this again something else that you would bring into your lessons in terms of the students, I don't know, maybe almost training their bodies or getting to know their bodies better, whether it's through, I don't know, is it meditation, stretching, exercising, all of all of the above? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and the, the two inch punch is interesting because it's not two. It's actually four. Uh, yeah, um, two you start, <laughs> yeah, you start, you start at the person's body, you go two inches and you go four inches. Um, and it has to be symmetrical. There's no other way. Energy is pure energy is created by symmetry. Um, that's why when, I mean, if you put a square tire on a car, it would just shake into oblivion and fall apart. <laughs> no joke. And same thing as putting a cinder block into a, a washer. I'm sure you've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it just wreaks havoc on the washer. <laughs> so anything that's anything that's symmetrical holds energy, tires, um, anything. Uh, and it's just interesting that once you, once you realize um, your intention, like clapping your hands is, is a, the best analogy that I've come up with that I use on every student that has this issue of acceleration. Some don't. I don't even go through it. Some people, if I have to, if they're having the yips, yips are an example of poor acceleration, mm -hmm. extremely poor because they're trying to accelerate at the ball. There's, you can do it. There's zero logic in accelerating at the golf ball. You actually don't accelerate at it because mm -hmm. the club is already traveling at some pace. How are you supposed to travel it faster when it's already going? It's, it's, it's a very, that's why people hit it twice because right. the mass of the club head is moving. Then you move it again, right when it gets to the ball. So of course mm -hmm. it's going to hit it again. If you go after the ball, you hit the ball, then the club goes faster. As soon as you hit it, it's going to hit it again. Sure. That's what the yips are. So anyone listening out there, it's, imagine you walking forwards as you put one step in front of the one foot in front of the other, right when your foot comes down, put it down really hard. It'll jar your body completely. Mm -hmm. That's what happens. That's why people have that. The, the, they top it and their hands just do weird yeah. stuff. Sure. You're just like, what the hell well, did well, I just do? Well, when we're walking, we're not thinking about that, are we? So it rarely happens. No. But obviously with the golf swing, we... people tend to overthink and... Yeah, yeah, and, and uh, there is really no such thing as overthinking. You just don't know the answer. Sure. Because you could okay. think all you want. That's why you're thinking a lot, trying to find it, and people think that's overthinking. Oh, I overthought that. I was like, no, no, you didn't overthink it. You just mm -hmm. didn't know the answer. Sure. If you knew the answer, then you wouldn't have ever said that. But, and, I mean, the, there is also maybe some, again, amateur golfers. I mean, I know it's happened to me whereby – there's been a clear difference in between when I'm maybe overthinking a swing and I'm thinking about or having swing thoughts as opposed to mm. just kind of walking up, knowing where I should be, knowing what I'm doing with the swing and hitting it without mm. thinking. You do tend to sometimes get some better results when, you know, you're not stood over the board thinking, right, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And it's all just becomes kind of natural. Yeah. Well, it's hard because for some people's natural another person's isn't and because of limitations and i found i found that really really intriguing so i started researching more about like say someone has a torn rotator cuff mm -hmm. so it's the left shoulder my left shoulder that's why i come inside when i have a stronger grip because i literally have scar tissue 
that I, that I, you know, I still work on and try and break down. It's the same thing. Uh, when you take it back, you just don't have that strength in the area because it's surgery. Like they, they cut my bicep pectoral mm -hmm. muscle and stretch my labrum back down. And when they did that, the little butterfly stitch, when they did that, um, I, I told the doctor, I was like, tight, tight. Cause I've, that dislocated it 13 times. I don't want to do it again. Um, so I lost 20 miles an hour club head speed on average. Wow. Um, just from, yeah, it is, it, it sucked. I, I deal with it, but you know, I, I can't bitch. I still hit it 300. So I'm yeah. okay. Um, was it, so was that the reason why you started to learn to play on the other side or was that just something you wanted to do anyway? Cause I know that you've, you've said again in another podcast that you wanted to kind of learn the whole process again of, of learning the goal hmm. swing. So you, you obviously switched it to, to the other side. Was that another reason why, uh, because of the injury or nothing to do with it? No, nothing to do with it. A student asked me, I was like, do you have any idea what it's like to start over? I was like, nope. So I was like, I'll just start over. <laughs> I love that. Uh, so in, in the midst of, <laughs> I mean, it's it a great question. Well, now now um, you can go, well, yeah, I'm actually, I mean, what handicap are you with the other hand? <laughs> um, it, it's, I was a zero, probably a one now, maybe, depending. Uh, it depends on how much effort I put into a swing, too. It's like sometimes I just don't care and I'm coaching and I'll hit the ball and it might be okay, but I just either scramble for a par or I just pick up the ball and keep coaching. I, I'm not that person to care. Mm -hmm. And if I'm coaching someone that cares about my score, then they clearly don't care about themselves. Sure. And I, I say that a lot. It's like, oh, what score do you shoot? Oh, does it matter? Oh, well, I got to know. It's like, okay, so go to DJ. Then. Yeah. Did DJ teach you? <laughs> I don't think so. Maybe. If, if you thought the same level as he did, which he's smarter than you think. Sure, People yeah, think he he's is. dumb and he's not. He's wow. super smart. He acts that way on purpose most of the time. He also dampens his emotions. I've seen him in bars. I used to go to Coastal. He is not a calm dude. He is, he does it, he does it on purpose. Mm -hmm. And he holds in a lot of emotions. Look at him at the Masters. Yeah. People don't understand. They just guess. They just, they're always guessing. And I try to take that out of the equation for all my students. It's just like, Whenever they have a question, please answer it. Whenever someone's on the Insta you know, on any social media platform, mm -hmm. whether it's TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, ask me a question. If I don't get to it, it's literally because it's buried. <laughs> sure. But and and then, you know, every week or so I try to go through them. And, you know, some are like, oh, DM and promote me with this. So I just get I'm just <laughs> I like, all right, there's so many of those, and I have to coach getting through all those so yeah. anyone listening definitely reach out to me and, and ask me a question because i, I want to help you and then i'll give you some time and then i'll say hey sign up for a session because you know I, my time's worth value too yeah i mean anybody that wants to obviously check out your content it's colin mccarthy golf on instagram and tiktok and then colin space mccarthy on youtube um you've got the website colin.golf as well so are they the best areas to for people to find you in terms of booking lessons and stuff? You're on Facebook as well, right? Uh yeah, yeah, I'm on Facebook as well. You are not, um, yeah, you are just, not I Yeah, I, I haven't been on Facebook in a while. It's just it's not really I used 
I was on Facebook all the time on instructional mm-hmm. forums for, for golf. And I just got so fed up with instructors going at each other. Oh, this is right. And this is wrong. And, no, mm-hmm. you're wrong. They just, they're like children. Yeah. And, and I was in baseball forums too, learning about the baseball swing and just the same way. Just egos, just egos ruin sports. Mm-hmm. They really do. And so, so in terms of, co- it, it, sorry, I was just going to say in terms of coaches then, like, do you believe that again, every or not every coach, but other coaches should maybe think a, a little bit more down the line, that, like on the line that you do? Or again, do you kind of agree that with the players that every coach should have their own techniques, their own way of thinking, et cetera? Um, Bevel, that's what I'll say to that is, is if you're not well-versed, mm-hmm. um, then how do you coach someone that has limitations? Sure can't he's like oh, i can't help you uh, and otherwise and in, in most and like i said egos uh an instructor with an ego will try their very damnedest to um try and help that person and may hurt them mm-hmm. and yeah. that's that's just a scary thought i mean the main reason why i do this is because my grandfather had back issues from golf and i don't want anybody to to go through that having seeing their relative or you know their grandfather have to sit on a bench and not join you Mm -hmm. it sucks i don't want that for anybody that's why i do it majority of the pros now there's not many of them that get away with not having some sort of injuries though and like you talked about you talked about it at the start as well and i've heard you talk about it uh, a little bit on your social media about um what you were saying before about the whole one side of your body obviously taking on all that pressure over time Mm. um it's pretty hard for it not to eventually end up with with some sort of long-term injury yeah yeah it's i mean the amount of pressure that's put on your discs and your in your spine is insane mm-hmm. yeah i mean at least at least and i would say <laughs> at least 50 pounds of pressure if you're swinging light mm-hmm. 50 pounds it's a lot and most people have a hard time picking up 50 pounds mm-hmm isn't that a reg i'm pretty sure it's a regulation for some jobs to be able to pick up 50 pounds oh really especially in warehouses and stuff yeah it's like is it 25 or 50 i can't remember but um i used to apply and i had checked the box are you able to lift and just just imagine if someone swung harder like kyle berkshire or martin borgmeyer or or any of the long job guys that are up yeah bryson Mm -hmm. uh, it, it the amount of pressure that they're putting on their body is insane. Mm-hmm. Insane. I mean like 200 to 300 pounds of pressure. Yeah. It's, That's um, a lot. It's something that I wanted to get your kind of thoughts on. Obviously, you're, you know, you're a guy that thinks very technically and, and from a scientific mm-hmm. point of view with the swing and stuff like that. Mostly. Um, yeah. So Yeah. I mean, a lot of it. So what do you think of like what Bryson's doing at the moment? I mean, he's, quite similar in terms of he looks at every angle he's very scientifically in, in, in his processes and his thoughts so what's your kind of opinions on what he's doing at the moment or, or been doing um that's the best way to describe this <laughs> uh, there really isn't the best way to describe this he just <laughs> he says things with no filter mm-hmm. and there's just a lot of repercussions to it I, I, I mean, in my opinion, he, he's sometimes smarter than his own good. And when you're in 
when you're like smart in that manner, your intention can come off very harsh because you're not, you're thinking about facts. And at that moment, the driver was not working for him. Mm -hmm. The way he said it was terrible. Like you never say that about a company ever. And it just, I think he's on a different part of the spectrum. Yeah. Um, when it comes to, you know, just communication and, and thinking, I think he's on just that, that different level than what most people are on. Mm-hmm. That's why they don't understand him. I mean, I'm not a huge fan, but I get what he's doing. One club length does work because it gives one ball placement, but I'd say 99% of manufacturers aren't going to make a club that works like that because the shafts need to be made specifically a certain way they need to be flighted they need to have the same swing weight it's it's very difficult to do Mm. but yeah he just sometimes he's just smarter than his for his for his own good however you say that it just Mm. he doesn't think before he says stuff because he's on that different spectrum what he's saying is what he's meaning but he doesn't mean it that way sure and that's what that's what that's what it's hard it's hard for like yeah. someone like him it is it's hard so i try to i try to get on that level and try mm-hmm. i try to understand everything if i try if you try and understand everything every day you'll be less frustrated because <laughs> yeah. I, I always i always used to think i was just a, a negative person but it's my job because mm-hmm. think about it oh, golf golf is hard golf sucks you hear that every day <laughs> you it starts to weigh down on you and then you think but don't let any golf coaches or instructors out there please do not let golf bring you down because it's it's not you it's just most people's mentality is sadly in a negative manner when it comes to golf because they're being passive aggressive hopefully mm-hmm. getting better and you know it's funny though man i try to get people to change their attitudes about it yeah it works uh it it does i try to quote unquote influence people to um not say golf is hard but yeah i'm being realistic (laughs) a lot of people would say it's probably the the toughest sport isn't it in terms of learning the technique i mean you seem like a guy that understands a lot of other sports you mentioned that you you try to understand like the baseball swing etc so would you say golf and, and trying to not perfect the technique, but learn the technique is, is one of the hardest sports out there to, to try and learn or, or no? Not, not really. Um, it's preparation for each shot that most people have, have trouble with. If you know, if you understand your body and you know what it's going to do before, it's not all that hard. Um, but the hard part about golf is scoring. That's why it's mm-hmm. so hard. Hitting a golf ball isn't that difficult. It's, planning is that's why chess is so difficult chess is difficult because you got to know what the other person is going to do um before you do something Mm -hmm. and that's why golf is so difficult you have elements that are always changing you have a lie you could be in a in a fat uh, someone's fat divot like just huge divot and what do you do Mm -hmm. you know like that's what makes golf so exciting it's unpredictable and people take that unpredictability as hard Sure. When it's a challenge, 
just because it's a challenge doesn't mean it's difficult. And that's where that mentality part where people like break down, they don't have mental strength. It's a big, it's a big, yeah. big, big issue. It's an interesting point because I think just thinking about it now, if you look at all the top sports or the most popular ones as well, a lot of them are all kind of fast paced games that don't ever tend to stop too much. I mean, if you look at American football, they obviously have their breaks, but it's quite on the go all the time. Basketball is the same, tennis, soccer. But whereas golf, as you mentioned, it's kind of one shot at a time and then you'd normally get, you know, a couple of minutes walking to your ball, thinking, then thinking about the next shot. And it's kind of always one at a time. That's one what at my time. wonders. Yeah, whereas yeah. maybe a game of soccer or tennis, you're kind of in that moment all the time and you never really get a chance to stop and think. It's all just naturally happening because you so know how to do it, if, you, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's funny you say that because imagine, um, and I have a lot of a lot of students that, uh, imagine you hit a fat shot. Well, next shot, you don't want to hit thing because that's human nature. You want to you fix what you did. But there was nothing wrong with your swing. And I see this so much. There was nothing wrong with your swing at all the ball was above your feet, so you didn't choke down on the club. Ruined your whole round. That one swing could ruin years of golf. Mm-hmm. Not kidding. I see it. What one golf swing could ruin your whole golf swing for years. Just one moment because you didn't choke down. Then you didn't want to hit it fast, so you hit it thin. And then you become so frustrated. Oh, it must be the swing path. And then you change the swing path mm-hmm. when your swing was your swing. It's incredible that tiny meticulous. I also see a lot of people when they chip, they hit it fat because they're not matching their shoulders with just a little bit of tilt by the green. So they hit it fat. They're thinking, oh, the ball must have been too far back or, or too far forward or it's not, it wasn't in the right place. So they change it. Mm, and when there was nothing wrong with it at all, it, it, can, it can be your massive downfall. And then some put Band-Aids on, on their swings because they don't quite fully understand what, what it is they're trying to do. And I think having an understanding of what you know and not just knowing things is going to make a whole heck of a lot of difference. Yeah, I mean, just before I let you go, I wanted to try and finish on something, obviously, as a, as a very successful coach yourself. We, we talked about that, you know, everybody's unique coach and player. But for any amateur player out there that's thinking about either doing lessons or starting golf, what would you say is the kind of number one tip or bit of advice that you would give to any amateur golfer then that's maybe starting out? Starting out, learn etiquette. Learn etiquette. Oh. It's a big one. Because if someone enjoys playing with you, they're not going to give a shit what your score is <laughs> at all. They're not going to care what your score is as long as they enjoy playing with you because you have respect for them. And that's a big thing is when you're on the course, make sure you understand etiquette, make sure if someone's behind you, either play quicker or let them play through. It just it makes everyone's life a lot easier and ask questions. Don't be this person that's like, oh, you know, I'm not sure. You know, I don't want to ask you a question to be wrong. Like what? Ask a question. If you're not sure, should I mark my ball? I'm a beginner. Like they know you're a beginner. They can see it. So they would rather you ask than mess up. Sure. So those etiquette and, and learning how to play out on the course is huge, especially with the growth of this game right now. And it's awesome that, that golf is, it has this growth, 
but there's a lot of people on that golf course that have no idea how to play on the golf course. So mm-hmm. it slows play. It, it makes a, a nightmare for the staff and they've got to go out there. They got to stop what they're doing. So learning how to play and how to play with people is going to really help any beginner, any beginner, any one of them. Awesome. Well, Colin, listen, it's been an absolute pleasure meeting you and talking to you. Thanks, man, for having me on, dude. I've uh, always loved your content. Anybody that, again, wants to follow you, it's Colin McCarthy on YouTube, Colin McCarthy Golf on Instagram and TikTok. Um, There's always awesome content on there in terms of learning, but also trick shots and other uh, fun videos on YouTube. So, yeah, yeah, got to keep it fun, you know. Yeah, man, I, I love what you're doing. I always have. It's always been really insightful. So keep up the good work, man, and, and great to meet thanks. you. Thanks. Appreciate it. Right, nice meeting you too. Fa- thank you, everybody. Cheers.